path for your life. The Minimalist Podcast is here to help you make life lighter realistically. I'm your host, Desiree, and my passion is to help you create room for what matters to you by cutting the clutter and excess stuff in your home and your life. It's not just about decluttering and having a tidy home, but about how having less stuff will give you more time and more space to focus on creating the life you actually want to live. We'll talk about topics of minimalism, motherhood, simple, intentional living, and everything in between here on the show each week. Let's walk towards simple together. Hi, friend. Welcome back to Minimalish. Happy August. I am so excited to be sharing this month my very first longer focused series on the podcast. Now, I have had previous series that where I focused in on one topic for a few episodes, but this one's going to be a little bit longer. We're going to be focusing on the idea of work and school and how minimalism fits within the work that we do as moms and the schooling that we choose for our kids. So we're going to be covering lots of different perspectives. We're going to be talking about different subjects that kind of fit into this. And I can't wait to kick it off today with my friend, Erica. She's the creator of the Life on Purpose movement and the author of The Minimalist Way. And today we're going to be talking about work at home mom life, something we can both speak to. And we're also going to be talking about back to school season. Erica has three kids. They are all in school. She's getting ready to send all of them back to school. And she also is going to talk to us about how do we live slow? How do we slow down when we've got three kids in school who would like to be involved in multiple activities? Like, what is a way that we can still choose slow in this season? And this is actually the second time I've had Erica on the show because I just love chatting with her. So you can listen to our previous episode together on episode number 31. But to start out this episode, I just wanted to share a little bit of my own work at home mom life struggles and perspective in general. And really, I wanted to keep this short. So I just kind of gathered top tips that I could think of off the top of my head that really have made me able to stay working at home because I'm not gonna lie, it's been a journey. It's been really hard to figure this thing out. I am not the most like organized person. I've said that on here before. So it's been really hard to kind of be in control of my own schedule and figure out what that looks like and how to succeed at that. So all of our situations are very different when it comes to working at home. And mine started out part-time. I worked outside of the home part-time and I worked from home part-time when my daughter was a baby. And this was like the situation I went into motherhood with. And I worked for Yelp, actually, like the, you know, reviewing app. Um, And I also worked for a local bed and breakfast. So I was doing like so many different things. Plus I worked outside of the home as a part-time teacher. So that's what I was doing when my daughter was young. I did that up until she was about nine months or so. And I did social media for these companies and it was honestly a hard balance to work at home with the baby and going back to that idea of guilt, I actually felt less guilt when I was leaving the home for work just because I felt like I wanted to be home and that's a really hard situation to navigate but I felt like, okay, I, you know, someone else is fully caring for my child so I don't have to worry about like split attention. So I think that's 
the real struggle when it comes to work at home mom life is we're splitting our attention. And the thing is, we're doing it for good reason. We're doing it because we want to provide for our family in some way. Or maybe we just have a passion that we really want to pursue, but we also want to be home with our kids. And I think, you know, it's okay that we choose both, but we have to let go of the guilt. So, a couple of quick tips, just like practical tips for how I've been able to stay sane as a work at home mom, as my roles have transitioned, because I no longer work for either of those companies as we moved and, you know, as my daughter got older and as I transitioned away from my work outside of the home job as a teacher, I now work from home doing my own thing as a podcaster and also I teach ESL some mornings online. So that's kind of what it looks like for me now. It's totally different, but my overall tips when I look back and I think about like what has helped me, what has made this possible even through changing seasons and you know, a lot has changed in the matter of almost 2 years of motherhood with my work. But number 1 is to have a routine around working. And this took me so long to establish. And when I was counting hours with my two part-time work-at-home jobs that I had at first, it was nearly impossible without a routine. And honestly, I struggled because I could not figure out, you know, how to set up like, okay, I'm working on this day and at these times, and I'm either going to send Gemma with some childcare or I'm going to do that during her nap. And it was hard to establish that, but I think it's most important. Now, for some reason, I've been able to establish it much easier with the podcasting work and the teach from home stuff is on a set schedule already. So I think that that has been the biggest game changer for me is having a set working routine. Another quick tip is to get work done in the margins. So probably one of the reasons why it was hard to have a routine early on was because newborn life, like there is no real routine. There's just like the baby sleeps when the baby's tired. And yes, there might, it might be kind of like clockwork, but some babies, it's kind of all over the place. So get work done in those margins as much as you can, like during naps or if you're if you've got a newborn and your baby's content for a few minutes like you know pull out your computer as as hard as that may feel or for me right now sometimes before nap if she's relaxed and just you know I I let her have some screen time and I sit beside her and you know we cuddle a little bit but I just answer some emails and honestly it's hard for me to talk about that because I feel like there's a lot of judgment with that kind of thing but I know that this is what's working for us and I am not putting her out by doing that. So I think that, you know, if that's your situation, you have to work in the margins and you have to let go of the guilt that comes along with it. The other thing that kind of goes along with this guilt idea is to set your priorities and know that you can't do all the things. So we have to let go of some things. Um, I think as a work at home mom, I know I've talked to some, even some stay-at-home moms that just feel like they should always be doing something. Like there is this guilt around if we ever take a break because we're at home all day. Like should feel kind of, I don't know, this weird underlying sense of guilt about the fact that we get to be home and and therefore we need to do everything we can in a day. We need to constantly be keeping the house perfect. And if you're a work at home mom, we need to make sure we're working in every single margin ever. And we need to 
be making sure we're completely, fully, 100% present with our kids 100% of the day. And I think what's important is that we, instead of feeling like we're on that hamster wheel of always doing, 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 and making sure like no one sees us rest because moms don't get to rest, that is a mindset we need to throw out the door. So those were just some quick thoughts for work at home mom life and actually making this thing work because honestly it's hard and I think that is why I struggled with it at first. It's something that I feel very grateful for the opportunity to do so but that doesn't mean it's not hard. So if you are a work at home mom, if you are struggling, if you feel like it's really hard to work and like love on your toddler or your baby or whatever at the same time, like it's okay to kind of live in that a little bit and it's okay to not have it all figured out. It's okay to be tired. It's okay to take some time for rest if you have to instead of working or whatever else you need to be doing. We have to make sure we're taking care of ourselves as well. So that's my experience on the topic. But for the duration of this episode, let's get to my interview with Erica because she has been doing this for several years, many more than I have. So she has a lot of insight on working from home as well. Let's dive in. Hi, Erica. It's so good to have you back on the podcast. Um, You're officially my first guest that I've had on more than once. Ooh, I like this. So thank you so much. I really love being on your show. So thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I loved our first conversation. um, And I just really wanted to bring you back on to talk about a little bit more of like a focused topic on this idea of this month, we're going to be we're focusing on work and school. So we're talking all things on those subjects. And I really wanted to talk to you about this because I know you work from home, right? Right. Yeah. And you have three kids, is that correct? I do, yes. So my kids are 11, 9, and 6. We've lived in the Bay Area for 10 years and the San Francisco Bay Area, and we have no family in California. So it's really just me and my husband. My husband works um, traditionally like a full-time corporate job. And for the first seven years of my motherhood experience, I managed a large apartment building from home. So this um, allowed me to supplement our income while still staying home with our kids. As babies and toddlers, they came with me to check smoke detectors in other people's apartments, and they literally learned to ride their bikes in a quiet underground parking garage while I wheeled recycling bins up and down the length of it. And then a few years ago, we left that apartment building and bought our first house. At that time, I started focusing more on my blog and my writing. I got the chance to write my first book, um, which up until then had purely been a hobby. But I kind of shifted gears a few years ago when we moved out of that, when I left that job managing the apartment building. And now, let's see, my kids are all in school. Last year was my first year that I had all three kids in school. It was awesome. <laughs> um, they go to public school. My Both of our moms are public school teachers, my husband's mom and my mom, so it kind of always felt right for us. I so admire homeschooling parents, but as an introvert and a highly sensitive person, I always knew that that was not my skill set. I always joke that I would just wish I could pay someone to homeschool my kids because I, li- I love the style of the education. I know that I need time and space in order to show up in my family as my best self. So they are at school. 
I love that. And I love that you are just like, you know that about yourself and that's kind of why you all made the choice that you did. And I know as a teacher, <laughs> I, as a former teacher, I was a right. former public school teacher. I knew that that job wasn't right for me, kind of for the same reasons that you like felt homeschooling wasn't right for wow. you. So I always say like, I want to explore homeschooling, but sometimes I think about that. I'm like, well, uh-huh. you know, that's a future decision for us, but it's so, um, it's funny. Of plenty of introverted moms do manage it. It's totally possible. I think that you can just like work with the ebb and flow of your day, structure it so that you're on with your kids for a bit and then you're a little bit more off. You know, I think it can work. It just um, wasn't for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, okay, it's awesome because I am going to talk to you kind of about like the back to school season a little bit and we're going to yeah. get to that. But first, I want to focus in on the idea of working from home. So I really just wanted to focus on the different types of work that we do as moms um, and not not necessarily because we're moms, but just the different choices we make for work as moms. And, yeah. you know, motherhood in itself is work in in its own way. What does that look like for you as a work at home mom? Because for, I also work from home. Um, and it's just something that I've been learning and navigating as a, you know, I, I have a toddler, so it's changed a lot. Job roles have changed a lot for me over a small period of time. And that sounds like that's the same that it's been for you. So I just would love to know kind of like right now, what does that look like for you and how do you manage it? And like when we're talking, it's summer still. So you can talk a little bit even about what it looks like, you know, in different seasons as well. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of thoughts. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, So first, just to set the stage, I'll just tell you about what my days kind of look like Um, because I'm always really curious about that when I'm on the listening end. So When my kids are in school, you know, I get them off to school. They start pretty early. So they are out and at school by 745. And then um, most mornings I try to get in some kind of exercise, whether I go to the gym or just do a quick jog at home and then maybe run an errand if I need to get groceries or something. But then I try to use the bulk of that time for my work work. So I would usually work right up until I get them at two about and Usually I squeeze in a power nap too, if we're being honest, because I believe in a good power nap. So, (laughs) um, yeah, so I get them at two and then in my head, I try to tell myself I'm switching to mom mode because I really love my work. So it could very easily eat up a lot of my time and attention, but I know that when I'm kind of trying to keep both like both balls in the air at the same time that I'm not great at either. So if I do any work while the, while my kids are home from school, then it's like lower value work, like scheduling social media or just um, replying to some quick emails, you know, nothing that involves a lot of like cognitive brain power. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I, but I just generally try to tell myself this is, my mom mode and I'm going to enjoy it and we're going to have some adventures. We're going to work in the kitchen together. They're going to play outside. I'm going to walk outside while they're playing. I kind of like listen to a podcast and just walk the neighborhood where they're playing. And I kind of love that because we interact, but I also get like exercise. It just feels good. 
So while they're home, that's kind of how that works. Um, this coming school year, I'm going to be having two afternoons a week of, of babysitting. So the babysitter will actually pick them up from school at two and keep them until five. So two days a week, I'll have the full day to be a regular working mother, which is just very new. So as I feel like as my kids have grown, it's always, it's always evolved. So let's say at some points I'd have like one or two kids in preschool and then I just have a baby home with me. So I'd use that time, you know, I put the baby down for her morning nap and get a little, get a little work in online or a little writing in. And then it evolved to where the older kids were in school and I had the younger one home with me. So she'd have half days of preschool three days a week. So I'd work then, you know, it's just an interesting ebb and flow that I think most moms experience. And now I'm at the point where they're all in school and I'm going to even be using a little bit of babysitting time and my work can support that. And I feel like our stage of life as a family can support that. That's how it looks. Summer is a little different in the summer. I am really lucky that I can I just have to acknowledge that I'm very lucky that I can allow my work to take the backseat financially in the summer for eight to 10 weeks. So I need my work because it's essentially my self-care. It's what fills me up and lights me up and I'm my best self with it. So I don't drop it all together in the summer, but I kind of sign the kids up for a few half day camps sprinkled throughout the summer. And I have kept some, a couple of one to two days pretty consistently of afternoon babysitting. And some of that, most of that time is devoted to my work, but I'll happily say that a part of that time when they're in, let's say they're in a half day camp or they're with the babysitter, a part of that time is just for me because I am an introvert and a human, a real life three-dimensional woman, not just a, just a mom, not that there's just such a thing as just a mom, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so some of that time will be used for me going to the gym or me standing outside watering our garden, you know, in the silence because <laughs> I need I need to keep myself full. So that's what summer has looked like. And then what I want to say for any work at home moms or really any women out there is that I think there are two keys to balance. One is priorities and two is a long range view. So first priorities, let's talk about that. I always say that balance isn't fitting everything in. It's starting with what's important and letting the rest fall as it will. But the key here is really knowing what you think is important, not what your parents or your mother-in-law or even your church leader or your spouse thinks is important, but what you think is important. So this is one of the main principles of my book, The Minimalist Way, yeah. determining what you value and building a life based off those few things. I also have a course for women loosely based on the book, where as a group, we take a whole week to dive in deep and really define our individual values. It was so fun. Um, we did that as a group just recently, a few weeks ago. It was so fun to see what they came up with because everybody's values were so different, but just reading their short list of values really like without knowing them personally beyond you know the reach of this private Facebook group, you instantly like knew them because that's their most 
core self, I think. So that was really fun. Yeah. So I have just seen time and time and again, and I've experienced it, of course, in my own life, that when you know what what you value, you're able to prioritize those few things and let the rest fall to the side guilt-free. So that's, I think that's the first key to balance is knowing what you um, value and prioritizing those few things. And then the second key to balance, I would say, is a long range view. So you're not likely to feel balanced at the end of each day, week, or even month. I mean, I just showed you like I spoke through the general flow of my days But there are plenty of days, like life is messy. There are plenty of days where I look back at the day and think, ah, I only got like three work, work things done, or I didn't do the laundry that I've been meaning to do for days, or I barely made eye contact with the kids because I let myself get a little too consumed with work. You know, it's like, it's never, it's never just right. And it's not as neat and tidy as I just maybe even described it. So I would say a long range view lets you look back over a season or even a year. And when you're looking back like that, you might see that you made time for the things you value. Like you adventured with your kids and you had deep conversations with your partner and friends and you pursued your creative interests or contributed to your community in a way that's meaningful to you. So at the end of each day, you're not going to feel balanced, but I think that if you step back, broaden your view, you can feel um, more of a sense of balance and fulfillment. Hi friend, I'm interrupting real quick because I want to tell you about today's sponsor, PrepDish. PrepDish is a meal planning service that will send you an email with a meal plan, grocery list, and prep ahead instructions every single week. They also have gluten-free, paleo, and keto options, which makes it so much easier to choose healthier meals when you don't really have to do anything to choose them. It's already all planned out for you. You just have to cook the meal. There's no guesswork when it comes to actually cooking these meals each day. And the prep instructions help you save time in the kitchen and get dinner on the table fast. I know that's been helpful for me because my toddler is sometimes kind of angry by dinner time. She's hangry. So I want to make sure that dinner is on the table as fast as possible. Prep dish helps me do that. And the best part is the meals also taste really good too. So... What I'm excited about is that Allison, the founder, is giving listeners of Minimalish a two-week free trial. This is the perfect time to try it out, especially if you are sending kids back to school and busier seasons are coming for you. Head to PrepDish.com slash Minimalish to try it out for two weeks. That's PrepDish.com slash Minimalish to try it out for two weeks for free. I'm so excited that you get to try out PrepDish for free, friend. Okay, let's get back to the show. I love that so much. That's, that's honestly like that spoke to me a lot while you were saying it because I have been like kind of the opposite because, you know, I have a toddler and then my husband is home for the summer because he's a public school teacher. Right. And so this summer I've focused in on work a lot and Uh some days I'm like, Oh my goodness. I, I chose working at home so that I could be with my daughter. And some days I feel like, yeah, that feeling of just, Oh 
goodness, I hardly connected with her or I had a little less patience than I would like, especially we've been potty training lately and there's just been a lot two year old emotions, all of those things. But, but that idea of the long range view, um, that really Mm -hmm. makes so much sense because I think day in and day out, we can get so caught up in like that question of like, are we doing well? Are we doing this right? Are we doing enough? And, you know, sometimes when we look at our days, like we can feel like, okay, I didn't do so much. Yeah. I didn't do enough. Exactly. I love that you shared your personal experience that you're in the weeds of it, you know, where, where you spend a ton of time with your daughter throughout the school year, like when your husband's working traditionally. And so when it shifts the other way in the summer, it doesn't, it it probably feels a little uneasy, but if you step back and look at the whole year, you realize that your priorities probably where are right where you want them to be. So my tip for any work from home mom or really any mom would just be to really hone in on what you value, what you prioritize, and not to expect yourself to feel balanced day to day. Because I do think that expecting that of ourselves just means setting ourselves up for frustration with our families and disappointment with ourselves. So instead, step back, broaden your perspective, and pat yourself on the back for the balance that you're achieving over time. Yeah. So good. Because you kind of mentioned this a little bit, and I also really know that like working from home, at least for me, and you know, just being a mom in general comes along with that big, bad, like mom guilt, right? That we, we all just want to get rid of, but it's really hard to do. How have you kind of fought through that as a working mom? What have you done to kind of get past that? Because I feel like it can be so crippling. Yes, this is a really great question, and somebody needs to write a whole book on it, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, maybe you should do that. <laughs> okay, so how do I manage the guilt of kind of working from home and kind of having one foot in both, place, both places? I would say that I try to remind myself, and sometimes I'm better at this than other times, but I want to remind myself that this is actually what I want to model for my kids. So it can be easier for me to be like, oh, like they're seeing me spend too much time on the computer. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I, it's easiest for me to put myself in my daughter's shoe. I have two boys and then a girl. The youngest is a girl because I am a woman, right? So mm-hmm. I just think, If I were her, the six-year-old girl, watching my mom build something that she was deeply passionate about, that would be incredible to me. And so I try to remind myself that as long as they understand like my passion for it and my fire and they see that I'm doing something that fills me up and that that spills over into their lives in a positive way, then this is something I want to model for her even if it does mean that it doesn't always look tidy day in and day out. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's, that's really good. And that, that just resonates with me because I actually, when I was younger, I went to work with my mom a lot. She, um, she was a nanny and I just can remember feeling like, okay, I wasn't getting all of her attention because there were like a thousand other kids half the time. Yeah. I never remember feeling, you know, as that, that younger girl, like I'm being slighted because of her work. I remember feeling like, like that was good work she was doing. No matter what kind of work you're doing, you can still depict the value of it to your kids. So for you and me, because we, I'm sure that you care so much about your podcast from like a personal passionate level. And I care about my work, you know, from the same, for the same reason, it's easy to convey that generally I'd say to our kids, but let's say you're working a job and it's more just for the reason that you need to contribute to your family financially maybe it's not that same level of passion. I think then you can still like show the value of that to your child, right? Yeah, absolutely. How how empowering it is for you to contribute or no matter, I can't think of a lot of examples off the top of my head, but whatever kind of work you're doing from home, find what you see as like a great value from that and share that with your kids, like use that as the message. Yeah, that can definitely lift the guilt from it. I can totally, I, I'm thankful that you shared that because that makes a lot of sense. Um, it helps. It's not, there's no, there's no easy answer, but I think it helps. Yeah, yeah. We really covered so much of what I wanted to ask you about working for home, from home. And um, thank you for really diving into that with me because it's so helpful to hear from a perspective of a mom that has three kids and has been doing this for a long time, you know, through, through different career shifts. So thank you so much. Now I really want to shift gears and talk about school a little bit because it's back to school season. When do are your kids going back soon or is, are there a few weeks left? How does that, what does that look like for you all? Where we are right now, they have about two weeks left. Okay. So you're definitely thinking about it. It's definitely on the radar. Um, Okay. So let's talk about like back to school season and we've talked about this before and that's kind of why we did the second interview in general. And it's because I really wanted to hear from you a little bit more on slow living because I know that's a topic that you talk about a lot um, and that you're really passionate about. So I want to hear what that has looked like for you as, you know, a mom with older kids who might want to be involved in several activities. What does that look like? Like as your kids go back to school, is it possible with multiple kids in multiple activities? <laughs> yes. How does that look? Yeah, I'd love to talk to this. So when my kids were younger, I was more like I, from what I see on Instagram, like you're doing with your daughter now, like bubbles in the backyard and, you know, just easy outings and lots of memories and free time. And for us, neighborhood play and adventures to the beach. And it was a really beautiful season. I mean, taxing, of course, on a mom, but really beautiful to look back on. And then they started school and they didn't do a lot of activities in early school. But now that my boys are in the later elementary years, they want to do soccer every season that they can. (laughs) They want to surf on the weekends. It's really fun, but it has definitely taken a big like mind shift for me because I don't really want to manage their soccer schedules. That means 
between the two of them, that means four soccer practices a week and two games every weekend, which could be worse. It's just recreational soccer. One of them would love to do competitive soccer, but that's even more of a commitment. So I'm dragging my feet. (laughs) (laughs) The way I come to look at it is again, just from, uh, I can take a step back and look at the big picture And remember that this is just a time in my life and it's a time in their, in the development, their personal development. And to me, it's kind of worth the sacrifice of um, sacrificing some of our slow pace and our free time to maintain their interests and let them develop this way. So I think each um, couple just needs to look at it and decide if that sacrifice is worth it for them and to what extent. So I'd say that we, we have some boundaries for sure. Like they probably will never do two sports at once. (laughs) And I think they know that. Um, The good news is that by the time you get to where I am, by the time your kids are school age, um, they know you. It's not like my 11 year old or even my six year old for that matter is going to be like, mom, what? You won't let me sign up for four activities at once. (laughs) Not a surprise. They know how I am. And because I've explained it to them so many times as they grow, they get why I am the way I am. And interesting in my, um, in our family, I'm quite different from my husband in that I'm the one who needs like this slower pace and he doesn't necessarily. So I think that contrast is good for the kids in the end because they see that people can be different ways. And I think most couples, you know, give that to their kids just naturally. Um, but they, they know, I explained to them that I am my best self and I'm able to be um, a calm, cheerful mom when I'm not strapped for time and super overwhelmed. So there are no shockers, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you can set up moderate boundaries. So they know that we'll do one, one sport at a time. Um, they also know that I, I tell them going into any season, we will do like any sports season or activity. We'll do as much as we can, but we won't like break our backs. If something comes up, then we can't arrange it. You know, like mm-hmm. if they have two games at the same time, or if we want to go on a family, um, a trip that weekend, instead of going to their games, like they, they get that. So we do, we set up some moderate boundaries to keep it under control. And then the last thing is mindset. So if your family is in a busier season, so right now I'm in summer and summer is pretty nice for us because we have no official activities. Nobody's doing band right now. We're taking a break from any lessons, any tutoring. So we have this nice slow season, but it will ramp back up in the fall. And I just kind of accept that. That's the ebb and flow of our life. And I can get my mind around it. And then we'll flow back to a a nicer baseline like midwinter. And then it'll pick up again a a bit in the spring. Um, But what I was going to say is mindset. So you can go into a busy season and plan on being really frazzled or you can go into a busy season and plan on doing the best you can and letting, letting like lowering your expectations of yourself and letting things fall. Like, you know, the difference between 
when you're trying to get out the door with a kid and you're riding them to get their shoes on and it feels like you're, you're going to, you're going to be late and it's just really, really, really frustrating. Or you can not let yourself feel that frustration. You purposely choose to think different thoughts and think, okay, like can't really rush a toddler. We'll get out the door as soon as we can. Um, it's going to take a bit of time, but that's fine. You, you know that difference, how you feel. Oh, yeah. Feel, you can feel completely different. But in the end, you might get out the door at the exact same time. Right. That's kind of how I feel about a busy season with a family. You can go into it feeling like this is going to be insane and I'm not going to like this. And you're just like really digging in your heels. Or you can go into it saying, this is going to be a little crazy. We're going to do the best we can. It'll all work out. And you'll feel so different. So I just think that we have power with our thoughts and our mindset, and we can't um, forget about that power. That makes so much sense. Yeah, the mindset piece is so important, I think, in everything. And just the fact that, yeah, we can like think ourselves into feeling crazy in a busy season. We get to be the master of our own minds no matter what season we're in. Yeah, so good. Okay, so I would love to know how much do you involve yourself like in school as we're getting to this back to school season? You know, are you a mom that's in the classroom a lot? Do you kind of keep your distance? Neither. Obviously, like, you know, we all have strengths, but I'd love to know kind of what you do there and, you know, maybe even how you keep guilt out of the equation there as well. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think it will be any shock that I tried to keep my distance (laughs) (laughs) from most of the things. Um, Mostly, I, I think that where I shine is by expressing genuine thanks to the people who support my kids. So I bend over backwards to say huge thank yous to my kids teachers and even like the room moms and their sports coaches and I that's something I care about like I words of affirmation is just one of my love languages so it's very easy for me to give it out but I also as a core value just believe that people want to be seen and recognized and appreciated so that's where I allow myself like I tell myself that's how I contribute is by really genuinely thanking the people who support my kids. And then from there, I just let go and say, yeah, I'm not really, it's not my gifting to be in the classroom. I mean, if a teacher needed it, I can cut out some laminate laminations at home or (laughs) I can send, I'm always more than happy to send like a plate of treats or whatever they need to school, you know, but basically I, I choose one thing that I feel like fits my personality and for me and fits my values. And for me, that's um, showing gratitude for the people who support my kids. And then I just kind of let the rest fall. And that keeps me from feeling overwhelmingly busy with it all, with managing the three kids and all the emails that come with that and the activities and the rushing. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And as a former teacher, I can say that uh, like the gratitude and thanks is definitely appreciated as well and needed just as much as the maybe the more hands on stuff. So I think that's such a good encouragement to just kind of like, you know, stay in your lane and do the things that 
that really makes sense for you. This has just been such a practical episode and I hope that it helps kind of, I don't know, lighten some mom's loads that are in that back to school season or whether they work at home, whatever it looks like. It's just so helpful to hear, uh, you know, perspectives that are from a mom who's, who's in it. So thank you. I hope so. Yeah. And I'd love to know quickly my two questions. I've asked you these before, of course, because you've been on the show, but is there something that you're simplifying right now that you'd like to share about? Yeah, right now I am simplifying my mental load. Um, In my course, we recently spent a week downloading everything going on in our heads. So that's just scheduling appointments, refilling prescriptions, putting a package in the mail, replacing old bras, you know, the boring day-to-day stuff that tends to weigh us down when we leave it kicking around like constantly in our brains. So I've been slowly knocking off, knocking the things because in the course we like unloaded it all. And then now I've been processing that list, just slowly knocking things off, whether that's by doing it, by dropping it or delegating it. So right now I'm simplifying my mental load and it feels so good. (laughs) I love that. Last question. What is something that you can't stop talking about right now or something that you're loving? Okay. Just to keep it fun and mix things up, I'm going to share a crime podcast. So it's a podcast called Crime Junkies and it's so fun to listen to. It's like my, I wouldn't, I would say guilty pleasure, but I don't find it guilty at all. So something like, <laughs> something like that, you know, what I like about it is that it's these two women who host it, one who really tells the story of the crime and another who just kind of their best friends, like long-term best friends who helps her tell it basically. And it's to the point, they don't emphasize any of the graphic nature of the crimes, which I really, really appreciate. And then um, her purpose the main host, her purpose in doing it is picking cases where something good could come out of her podcast episode. Like somebody, usually it's missing people or unsolved crimes. So somebody who listens to her podcast, which I think it's actually a really, really well listened to podcast. um, It could lead to a break in the case. So I feel like I like it because it has a purpose to it too but it's also just really fun to listen to. So usually like during the day when my mind is fresh, I listen to a lot of self-help, whether it's self-help audiobooks or podcasts. And then in the evening when I want to walk outside or I'm puttering around the house and my brain is kind of turning to mush, <laughs> that's when I listen to my fun podcast, which is that one, Crime Junkies. Yeah, I have heard of Crime Junkies and I've never listened to it, but I do like like things like cereal Yes. I, I don't necessarily like watching crime things because it's right. a little bit yeah. much for me, but I when you said that about like the fact that they don't explain the more yeah. like you don't they don't explain it graphically, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense of why I would like the podcast because you can't necessarily see it. Exactly. It's the perfect situation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well I'm gonna have to check that out. All right. Thanks so much, Erica, for yeah. coming on again for a Thank second. Thank you time. so much for having me, Desiree. Such a pleasure. I loved that conversation with Erica. I personally loved our conversation on mom guilt. Motherhood is really hard work and we try to do so much. And I just want to encourage you that you are doing enough and that you are doing a good job and that your kids see you for that. They, they see that. And that oftentimes, you know, we are too hard on ourselves. And I just hope you really enjoyed this episode. I hope it gave you some kind of 
encouragement as we approach back to school season or as a work at home mom or in whatever way that you could relate to it. For me, part of the joy in this kind of series I'm doing on the podcast is just to see the different perspectives, to learn the different ways that we work as moms and to learn about the different schooling choices that parents have made for their kids. So I hope you just enjoy the different episodes, even if they don't relate to your specific season or your specific situation.